Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi everyone, it's James again. I just wanted to remind you that this is part two of a two-parter, and if you haven't listened to yesterday's podcast, today's might not make a lot of sense. So I would suggest starting there. Obviously, you know, you have your own life, do what you want, but you're going to understand today's a lot more if you start with yesterday's. Today we're speaking to Maniba with the ACLU about the legal response to some of the bizarre things that the city of Asheville has been doing. If you hear reference to Pip in this episode, uh, that's because Pip is another of the activists. They weren't able to make our call, but we're going to be speaking to them as well in our ongoing coverage of this. So hope you enjoy today's episode and know that we'll keep you updated as this moves forward. All right. So our first guest today is Maniba. And uh, Maniba, would you like to introduce yourself, explain your relationship to what we're talking about today? Yeah, sure. Um so my name is Maniba Tollister. I'm a staff attorney with the ACLU of North Carolina. And um, I represent some of these wonderful folks um, that you'll be talking to uh, after me. And um, it's unfortunate that we met this way, um, but you know, I'm happy to be working with them. So basically I can go into it or do you want to ask me questions about it or? I think it'd be great if you could start off by sort of yeah, walking us through how mutual aid seems to have met with this bizarre uh, prosecution. Yeah, of course. Um, so we got connected to, um, you know, our now clients, um, the, the, this group of individuals who, um, you know, have been doing important advocacy and mutual aid work on behalf of unhoused folks um, in Asheville. And, um, we were connected by this other organization called Center for Constitutional Rights and kind of filled in quickly about um, how this group of people were 
not only banned from parks, but um, these bans were based on this absurd criminal charge called felony littering, um, <laughs> which, it, you know, it sounds as crazy as it is. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, I think um, my colleagues and I at the ACLU, we were eager to talk to these folks and, and learn more about what happened and, and see what we can do and, um, uh, and, you know, start talking about some of the legal issues that, um, that arise from when a city tries to ban uh, a large group of people from from one of the few places that they have to convene and to protest um, and demonstrate, which, you know, one of the first things I learned in law school is like how, or like one of the first things I think I learned <laughs> as someone living in the U.S., like you, you always hear kids say, oh, you, I have free speech. Like, you know, free speech is <laughs> yeah, like yeah. so... It's such a central part of being in this or like growing up in this country and being a citizen um, or member of this country is just the way that it's thrown around sometimes inaccurately. But people generally know that that speech should be protected um, and cannot be restricted except in very narrow ways by the government. Um, not by like, you know, your mom, you don't have um, <laughs> free speech in front of your mom. Like that's not, that, I learned that quick. <laughs> um, hey. Yeah. But, when I took my being an American test, I took, like I became a citizen a couple of months ago and uh, there's like only like 50 questions they can ask you. And I think two of them are like, what is free speech? Like who, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Can, can you claim free speech when uh, you get banned from twitter.com? <laughs> like, yeah, it's something that's yeah, very integral. Yeah, that's yeah, and I think um, I think you know it's um, it's absurd to uh, criminalize protest, of course, um, but it's it's also like equally as troubling to take away this this pu important public space from people that. Um, you know, especially in a city like Asheville, if you've been there, it's one of the few public spaces that people can convene and um, get together and enjoy each other's company. Um, you know, that that being separate from also one of the few places that you can protest and, and um, engage in discussion about how to fix problems. So it's really troubling um, that... Uh, the city of Nashville has had taken that route. So when the ACLU got involved, uh, we thought it would be best to list out some of these legal issues. Um, you know, I mentioned the First Amendment um, and, and free speech, uh, but there are also a lot of procedural due process problems that um, are issues that come up when you ban folks from a park. Um, one of, you know, one of the things that the city didn't do is provide proper notice. So a few of our clients never received 
noticed that they were banned from the park and, you know, found out that they were banned either through the discovery process and their criminal cases or, or by doing like very intense investigation of their own, which, you know, that is not a, um, that's just not okay. Like a city needs to, you need to at the, this is like a very basic thing, right? Notice and hearing those are the tenets of procedural due process and the city fails there. The city then fails again at providing hearing and providing opportunity to to appeal these bans. Like there is no pre-deprivation hearing, first of all. Like the bans, once our clients receive them, they're banned. They're banned from the parks and cannot go and don't have didn't have any opportunity to defend um why they shouldn't be banned or or be heard about why they shouldn't be banned before that ban happened, which is, you know, it's it's not okay. I think a pre-deprivation hearing is really important when you're taking away um, uh, an interest, like like the First Amendment interest that I laid out. And and then the hearing that was provided was problematic in a lot of ways. Um, for one, these were very short cursory hearings um, that lasted from, I want to say like five to 30 minutes, but I'll let Sarah and Tip confirm. And they they had people from Asheville Police Department who are, you know, arguably also involved in uh, the criminal cases that that several of our clients are still battling through. Um, they were not allowed to ask questions and, you know, several of our clients do not have the resources to have proper legal representation. So sometimes our clients were there alone and, um, had to fend for themselves and navigate that tricky area of not saying something that could hurt you in your criminal case. And, yeah. You know, the the hearing was just a mess in all of the ways. How does the city like legally justify banning someone from parks? Like, is there a, um, uh, like a, a way which they can do that? So they have this policy called the Restricted Access to City Parks Policy. And it is, I think we should call it the park ban policy. Um, it basically allows the city to to ban folks from parks um, based on certain violations of, um, I think the categories are city park rules, city parks and recreation department program rules, city ordinances, state laws, and federal laws. Um, So what's interesting is there is nowhere in the policy that says when a person has committed or that defines what a violation of any of these rules are like is that a conviction is that a formal like citation there the the policy does not provide that so this is important i think especially here where our clients none of them or actually i shouldn't say none of them three 
three of our clients have pled to lesser misdemeanor charges, but everyone else has an open case and they have not been formally convicted of anything. And, and so it's, it's strange that, you know, you can ban someone based off of um, the felony charge that hasn't even been fully right. uh, litigated. Yeah. Have they banned, is, is there like a record of the city banning people from parks or have they just like dug this one up from the bowels of legislation to ban these people? Oh, that's a really interesting question. And I'd, I'd love to know the answer myself. We did submit a public records request to try to figure out if they have. Um, but I imagine the city is not going to want to tell us. And I think, Sarah, you, <laughs> you can speak to this later, but I don't think they have, they, I think they've rejected PRRs that you all have done and have not provided that um, elusive restricted access list, which they have of like folks that they've banned from the parks. And, and maybe that list is just, you know, our clients, which... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I maybe they have. I don't know what's worse. Like, if they have a parks blacklist and they're just not notifying people uh, until like they send a SWAT team after them, or if it's if it's only people who are helping unhouse people and they just don't want to admit that. Both those are pretty dark. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time. 
and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the topic of weird legal things, what on earth is felony littering? <laughs> I'd love to know. I'd love to know what felony littering is because um, I'll tell you this. When I told my partner, like, I was like, oh, did you know there's something called felony littering? And he's like, I hope that's when corporations get punished for, right. you know, dumping toxic waste into the sea. But no, it's apparently when um, community members come together for a demonstration and um, the city is mad about what's left behind, which, um, you know, that's, uh, I think it's really telling that the city has chosen to to prosecute folks yeah. uh, on this, like, felony littering charge, which, you know, has, I think, in the past 10 years, there's only been one felony littering case out of Buncombe County where Asheville is. Okay. So I think that's really telling. And I I think it's, it's really troubling that the city of Asheville seems to be really taking out a position in silencing speech. It does not like. Yeah. There's, There's a felony. Yeah, go ahead. No, they just seem to be taking like the most bizarre end run around the first amendment that they can. Yeah, it Which reminds is, me yeah. a lot of it reminds me a lot of like the Occupy era stuff where like all of these cities suddenly realized that like wait, hold on, these pe- people could actually use a park for political activity and then immediately like suddenly all these like ordinances started appearing where like everyone has to like clear out of the park by 10 p.m. so they can clean mm-hmm. it or something. That eventually just just like was used to force people out and I don't know. It, it seemed like there's there's something interesting too about like it seems like it's it's almost Whenever, like, a, a city government tries to do something like this, it seems like they always, like, immediately reach for sanitation ordinances. Like, yeah, I'm saying this, like, that was, yeah. that was, like, the big Occupy thing. Like, they're doing this here, too. And it's, it's I don't know. I think all around the country, we're seeing um, the government fish out these weird ordinances and make new laws to, to criminalize poverty and, um, and to criminalize unhoused people existing and i think that trend unfortunately carries even in places like Asheville um that are seeing especially after covid you know there's been a rise in unhoused population everywhere and so it's it's really upsetting but it is the truth that all these these ordinances and, and laws that are being fished out are being fished out to target folks and um, and and new laws that uh, lawmakers are creating. Now I was thinking about this. I'm remembering there, there there's a whole sort of anthropological literature about like how colonial states used uh, used like sanitation ordinances as uh, a way to yeah. sort of destroy like indigenous public spaces in the places they colonize. And I guess like yeah, I don't know. Like there's there, there's a lot of sort of throughput i guess between like 
the the sort of old like colonial uh governments regimes and the way that people still use sanitation as like the default way to sort of cleanse people out of public spaces i i think it's interesting how uh, like um an analogy one can make maybe is that there are people with rights and people without rights even when in theory we all have rights and and like this attempt to sort of yeah use sanitation to be like oh these people's rights don't matter or they don't have those rights at all yeah it's not not linked to the way uh like metropoles rule colonies i think also just you know going back to this position that the city of Asheville is taking. Um, what's really troubling is like the different angles that they're coming at this issue with. So, like if you look at, you know, if you look at some of the press releases and blog posts on the city's website about the unhoused population, you might get the sense that they're trying to find solutions to address yeah. what they seem to acknowledge as a big problem. But then, you know, on the flip side, you see these actions that directly contradict that sentiment. And, you know, these park bands, that's, that's one of the ways that um, the city of Asheville kind of un- indirectly is like, no, please, like, let us do our thing. We don't want to hear anything bad about what we're doing. Like, we're trying our hardest. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's rich on its own, but, I, you know, there's, so there's the felony littering charges, there's the park ban, and then, you know, alongside all of this, like a few weeks ago, we, we filed a petition in Buncombe County um, Superior Court, petitioning for the release of police body camera footage um, of the arrest of two journalists for the release of um, the footage that, um that shows the arrests of, of these journalists covering covering the eviction of encampments of unhoused folks in Aston Park um, on Christmas night in 2021. So around the same time that several of our clients, um, you know, are being hit with these felony charges and then shortly after with park bans. And um, the arrest of journalists in a democracy is very, or should be very rare and should be troubling. Uh, and these journalists, like just to give you some context, um, were not shy about their critique of the city and how it's handling the unhoused community. And um, that critique is protected by the First Amendment, <laughs> but the city of Asheville, I think is just, you know, doing its own thing when it's allowing arrests of journalists and. And um, the release of that body camera footage, we think is important to, to just show what, what happened because that, that, that's kind of strange. Like just in the same way that felony littering is strange. Yeah, that does seem like there is, there is kind of a, yeah, a bipartisan commitment to uh, not wanting journalists to meddle with you harassing unhoused people. It seems to be like very much a democrat thing as well as a republican thing what did, did were those journalists charged with anything or were they just arrested they were also charged with um i want to say second degree trespass um and they've been pretty vocal about um 
their arrests and and um and I think what's been happening, like their names are uh Veronica Coit and Matilda Bliss. Um I I'm not sure Sarah if you wanna add more to that, but um uh I think that's that's like another thread that's important to the story is like all of the different ways that Asheville is operating to silence folks and 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 to continue doing what they're doing which you know in a like if you look at um just their own narrative where they talk about oh yes we've you know evicted these folks as a success story <laughs> and you know like they'll they'll maybe list like all of the hotels like free hotel nights that um these folks got for one or two nights but that's obviously not a sustainable solution to um to you know yeah. the plight of that community yeah certainly and uh, yeah i think that sometimes things get done because things look good on a press release rather than because it gives anyone like long-term access to housing so I wonder, like, what's the situation? Several of your clients are now facing felony, and felony charges are serious, right? If people maybe aren't in the US or don't realize, maybe you could explain, like, a felony follows you around for the rest of your life, right? Yeah, and and just to um, be clear, we're, the ACLU is not defending um, the on the criminal charges. Um, okay. I think all of our clients have separate representation for their criminal charges, we've taken on the charge of um, addressing these park bans okay. and how we think they're constitutional. So I'm sure like mm-hmm. I can I can speak a little to this, but you yeah. know, I, I think um, you know, maybe getting uh, getting one of the criminal defense attorneys to talk if they can about the mm-hmm. criminal case might be more helpful. For sure, yeah. Maybe can you explain just in general terms, um, like what a felony would mean for someone living in North Carolina in terms of just how it would affect their life going forward? Yeah, so there's there's a lot. I think you know. Um, sorry, I'm not a criminal lawyer, but let okay. let me just think yeah. of a few things. Um, uh, you know, having a felony on your criminal record just on its own, nobody nobody wants a criminal record in a country and state that is still looking and, you know, allowing background checks um, for certain jobs and, and having to explain that in any context. Like, I will just, you know, you know, let me just talk from my own experience where I've... Um, Whenever I am getting admitted to a bar, I've moved a couple of times in the past few years and had to deal with the unfortunate process of um, being admitted into that state's bar. Um, there are several intrusive questions, and many of those involve like what kind of what your background is, and that means what your criminal background is. Like we have to do. Um, like I have gone through the moral character fitness test for three states now, and um, it's never fun. It's, you know, as someone who is privileged and does not have a criminal history background, it's not fun for me because I like the, the 
the number of questions they ask you, it's like, you really like, you know, have to dig back into the past, like your whole life. Like they ask all of the addresses that you've lived at in, in the past 15 years. And if you get it wrong, you're lying. So you're, okay, I'm going off on a tangent, but the, the point is like any, any sort of certification or job or um, new opportunity, that is, that is something a criminal record is something that's looked at and, and considered and oftentimes in, in a negative way and, and can result in people not getting jobs. Um, it, I think Sarah and like other Sarah and Pips maybe can explain more about like what the consequences would be like if you've had conversation with your attorneys, but I also have some background in immigrants rights work. And I know that if any any kind of criminal charges slash convictions that you're facing can be used by um, can be used by ICE, can be used by USCIS to deny you immigration privileges and and um, and to deport you, to detain you before they deport you. And um, so, you know, beyond that, like having to have this hang over your head where the the process is not short, it's not easy, it is mentally taxing, and um, it's honestly degrading to go through our criminal legal system, and it's degrading for everyone. Um, and and yeah, I mean that's that's all I can say as like someone um, who does like general civil rights work, but if you talk to someone who's doing criminal defense work and in this all the time, I'm sure they're, they're, you know, can paint a better picture of how dark that, that process is and how dark it can be to have that on um, a record. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Bean Dad, The Dress. 
30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think another thing with this is, um, I'm, I'm about okay. I, I am not a lawyer. I'm also not your lawyer. Legal, legal advice, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I'm I'm pretty sure the way it works in North Carolina is that if you if you, if you have a felony conviction, you can't vote until you serve out the time. Jesus. So yeah, like in country. It's, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So that that's another thing, and um, I'm fairly new to North Carolina. I moved here in March, so almost a year, but not quite. So, but I do know that the the hoops that you have to jump through just to vote are a lot more than other states that I've lived in. And, um, you know, of course that is, um, that is also another thing done on purpose to silence certain voices. Yeah, that's dark. Um, and certainly like you'll lose your second amendment rights. So it'll be jobs you can't do there will be things that you don't have access to. Like, yeah, your rights will go away potentially forever, which is bad when you're just trying to help some people who need some help. It's pretty unconscionable. Yeah, I think that's the other, like, really wild thing about all of this is, like, a lot the folks that are, you know, being banned and being targeted on this way are providing really important services in in a way that the city hasn't been able to and hasn't. And it's filling in this this really important role of like making sure that folks stay alive and and have support and, and are fed and clothed. And um it's unfortunate to to have that taken away. Like being banned from a park means being banned from one of the few spaces that um, our clients had to do this work and where they were able to distribute food and and other aid to, to folks who don't have a home. And it's just, it's wild that that kind of action is being taken when, when we know that this is a crisis that the city is just not addressing. Yeah, they're like taking action against people pointing to the crisis rather than the crisis itself which is yeah very sad so what what stage is your i know you have to go in a second here uh, what stage is your like you said the aclu was challenging the park ban how is that how's that gone for you so so far we've sent a demand letter to the city the city has responded to that letter with um right now kind of wishy-washy commitments of like 
reviewing the policy. And um, while, while I think that's a great first step, I do think the city needs to commit to doing more and um, to commit to retracting the bans for all of our clients and, and potentially others who have been affected by this policy. Um, they also need to change the policy, like reviewing the policy. That's a great first step, but you know, I, I want to see like what are the things that they are building in to make sure that folks are getting proper notice that this policy isn't being abused and used by um, Asheville Police Department and others in an unfair way. And that there's like, you know, basic standards of like when the policy can be instituted. Like, is there a conviction involved and what are the convictions? Like, does it make sense to ban someone from a park for, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of like something. Um, oh, felony littering. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's just so bizarre. Like it's clown stuff. It is bizarre, and I think like you know, historically, park bans, from what I know, is like they've been used against like people who have committed like sexual offenses, and sure. um, and so it's kind of it's kind of out of left field to, and and I'll just say this, that the city, like in their response, they cited to one of the cases that, or two cases that involved sexual offenders who were banned from parks, which, you know, <laughs> this, yeah, it's this not is really a group the same. of peaceful demonstrators who provided aid to folks who are unhoused. So, you know, it's it's not really there the the comparison is not there and and i think i hope the city can be honest and um if they are not willing to put in that work and and to take some of um these actions that i've laid out i do think that we will continue to challenge these park bans and um you know we'll continue to prepare to file suit if that's necessary Great. And how can people follow along with that? Or if they want to sort of donate or support it, is there a place they can do that? Um, you know, our website um, is a great space. to, or Our website, I think, our socials, like Twitter um, and Instagram, like our comms team is amazing. And they update on our work frequently and often. And, um, and we try to we try to um, provide updates there, but also um, kind of engage with our work and what it means broadly for um, folks across North Carolina and across the U.S. So, yeah. Okay, great. And that's just ACLU North Carolina. Those would be the socials. If I put yeah, you on the can spot. Yeah, look it up. I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, it's, it's fine. ACLU of... <laughs> Um, so it's aclu.northcarolina.org. And if you go to our website, you'll find our socials, but it's probably a variation yeah. of that. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. Right. <laughs> It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.